The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Eclipse Day. It is a pleasure to be back with you after a summer hiatus. I hope you have enjoyed all of the amazing shows that were some of my favorites over this year. As you move through the summer, it is important to ebb and flow and to understand that we are here to go between the different opposites that surround us. And today is a particularly exciting symbol of that. As we move into the eclipse time, we can pause for a while. You might spend the eclipse in quiet reflection, considering how you've experienced or are experiencing the cycling of darkness and light in your own life. When has the light in your life been temporarily eclipsed by darkness? How did you respond How have you grown during those times in unexpected ways? We may try to hold on to a static experience of living in the light, when in fact embracing the natural cycles of darkness and light can add richness, depth, and meaning to our lives. As the light returns, you might do a simple ritual of release, naming those things in your life that you are ready to let go of in order to receive the return of light. Take some time to creatively express your experience of the eclipse and your reflections on it. Write, draw, paint, and dance. My guest today is Mark Nepo, and there is no better example of this than he. He has taken what is dark and made it light. He has gone into the depths and come out on top. He is going to teach us today about the things that join the sea and the sky, his latest book. Mark Nepo is a poet and philosopher who devotes his writing and teaching to the journey of inner transformation and the life of relationship. He has taught for more than 40 years in the fields of poetry and spirituality and is the number one New York Times bestselling author of the Book of Awakening. He has published 19 books, which include Inside the Miracle, a profound and beautiful book of his journey through cancer, and The Way Under the Way. He lives in Michigan, and his work is exciting. I'm thrilled to have him on this very powerful day, and this book definitely speaks to so much of what the sun and the moon are sharing with us as they meet in the sky. Welcome, Mark Nepo, to 1111 Talk Radio. So fabulous to have you back. Oh, thank you, Simran, and thank you for that kind introduction. It's great to be back. Well, I love the way you open this book in the introduction as you talk about joy. And at a time right now where so many people are in flux, where there's so many contrasts existing in our world and there appears to be so much darkness and creating of chaos with a lot of 
things that are taking place, this eclipse and your book seem to have the same message. And one of those messages is joy. You talk about joy being the impetus for this book and how you found it in the very intimate connection of experiencing someone else's jazz, which inspired your own jazz. Talk a little bit about the birthing of these writings and how this came together and how interconnected joy is even amidst all of the chaos and the darkness and everything that we experience. Yeah, sure. So this this book has uh, really come out of really almost, you know, 50 years of journaling. And, and over the last 15 years, I've been kind of lifting up the things that, that, that are the big questions, stories, metaphors from my journals and as teachers and working with them further. And out of that uh, took, uh, I think there's 145 or so uh, entries that um, that speak to this journey. And, and so, yeah, it started back in uh, 2004, I think it was, where... Um, I was, you know, I love jazz and I love to sit in small clubs and and uh, we were watching uh, Stefan Harris, who's a wonderful, wonderful um, jazz musician, and um, and I just, you know, hearing that liveness, it it brought me this moment of coming alive again, and in that moment, I had this intuitive connection that joy is the name. For a, a, another name for joy is things that join the sea and the sky, things that hold us together. And so I, first, I said, gee, I want to write a book about joy. And as it took years to explore, well, as I started to grow, as you're always growing, um, my sense of joy shifted. You know, joy is much different than happiness. And so I started to understand joy as the depth of being that holds all feelings. So there's a deep connection between joy and peace. You know, happiness is a mood. So if you imagine all the waves on the sea, every wave is a different mood or feeling that we have in our humanness, the thousand moods from sorrow to agitation to curiosity to silliness to wonder to anxiety to fear, anger, um, you know, everything, love, the different aspects of love. But peace or joy is not the still point when trouble ends, because trouble never ends. I started to understand that joy is the ocean of being that holds all those waves. It's the depth that holds it. So it's a way of being that embraces, that opens our heart to let everything in. And so... You know, this, as you mentioned, and it's a perfect day in terms of light and dark, you know, uh, there's a great science fiction writer, Ursula Le Guin, and one of her classic books is The Left Hand of Darkness, a beautiful little fable on another planet. But one of the things that has always stayed with me from that book is these two friends are trying to get away from trouble and uh, you know, despair and war and brutality, and they, they do a, a lifelong, a long, long trek, a long walk, and they have to cross the very top of their planet, which is like the North Pole for us or the South Pole. And, um, and when they get there, the sun is so direct overhead that there's no shadow. 
and they can't go any further because they discover that without darkness or shadow, there's no depth perception. So they mm. have no sense of where they are or where they've been or where they're going. So this is one of the most profound paradoxes about, you know, about life is that we do need uh, darkness to accent the light so we have depth perception. We don't need to deify darkness. And, and actually, you know, Carl Jung was the one who said that, you know, darkness is, um, we don't counter darkness by uh, running to light. We make the dark light. That consciousness is making the darkness light. So let me just add one other thing, and I think that this is also, you know, very profound, is that also there's another aspect of darkness that is our uh that we need to get accustomed to seeing in the dark. So, you know, when you're a little kid, this old kind of thing that if you don't look in the closet, there's a boogeyman that gets bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. You know, anything when you go into a a dark room or a dark house when you first come in and the lights aren't on. Well, it's not as dark as it seems because if we stand still, our eyes adjust and we see things more accurately as they are. So it's different than when there's light, but it's not as dark as we always imagine because we don't, we are, we don't allow often our eyes or our inwardness to adjust to see things as they are. So this also speaks, you know, I want to, I want to speak a moment if I can about the context of the times we're living in and uh, worldwide and and here in America, you know, the events of this last week in Charlottesville and um, with Trump's response is very troubling and, and very, very upsetting. And I think that, you know, we are asked, uh, and I think this is very important, you know, during all of that, so I don't want to go into a political uh, avenue or tangent here, I want to talk below politics and one of, you know, one of the most profound things I heard through all the outrage at Trump's uh, response to the Nazis and the white supremacists was David Gergen um, on CNN, who was an advisor to four presidents. He said, uh, before he can address the hate in the nation, Trump has to deal with the hate in his own heart. Mm. That's, very, that's very profound. And it's not just to point the finger at Donald Trump, because what that said to me was that that is a perennial call for all of us, for all of us. You know, and I, I, I made me think of the, the, the ancient myth of Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh, this is one of the oldest narratives we have. It's 7,000 years old, anonymous. Uh, 5,000 years ago, it was written down for the first time on clay tablets in Assyria. And, and the story, and so this is, you know, we've been doing this a long time. Uh, these archetypes and these journeys of, of, from not being awake to being conscious and sensitive and compassionate. So Gilgamesh is a enervated, lost, and empty king. He has one friend in Kaidu. And in his boredom, in his lack of finding anything meaningful, 
He's always stirring up trouble. He's always seeking chaos. You sound familiar. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so Gilgamesh, 7,000 years ago, what does he do to get some excitement in a, in a, a false way to find meaning? He decides he's going to declare war on the nature on nature, which in that culture was known as Humbaba. So it's a foolish endeavor, and he he summons his armies, including his best friend and his only friend, and they go off to war. Well, they don't do very well against nature, of course. Nature is a very powerful, powerful element, and yes. and in Kaidu, his his friend is killed. And and what happens here is that, and this is the translation from the ancient Assyrian, is that Gilgamesh declared war on nature rather than uh, face the undiscovered country in himself. Well, I think that's what's so important, especially about today and what the real meaning of this eclipse is, is that we must be willing to look inside the dark spaces within ourselves. And even the title of your book, Things That Join the Sea and the Sky, is such a beautiful metaphor because we are the bridge between the sea and the sky. It is diving into all that exists. And you yourself have had so many experiences that could be termed as the dark night of the soul or could be termed as those places of darkness, but yet, you and I both know as creatives and as writers that that is where the richness, that is where the true joy that is beyond happiness can actually come from if we're willing to cultivate the dark gold that rests inside the night. And that, I believe, is what's so powerful. I I definitely agree with you. It is a co-creation on this planet. We are each holding something to manifest what is outside, and we can try to push against that but somewhere inside of us, we must have the consciousness of division, the consciousness of war and peace, the consciousness of love and hate, the consciousness of dark and light to create that outside of us. So, yes, we all do have to play a role in that. I want you to just very quickly go back and reiterate Again, that distinction between happiness and joy, because so often people are clamoring in that pursuit of happiness, and it is fleeting, and yet joy is something so completely different and ever-present, despite what is appearing in the world outside of us. So in a couple of minutes, Mark, if you can kind of give us the real richness and essence of what joy is and how to find it, even in the most tragic moments that, that arise. Well, I, I think that, and again, I, you know, I have no answers. I'm just, I just kind of, we're all comparing notes on what it, is to, what it is to be here in this mystery. And for me, and through my experience, so, so you know, again, I, I, I would offer what, what I've come to understand, and I did learn this through, you know, let's go back to my cancer journey, you know, that in the midst of great pain and fear, if I could be still enough, there are still spaces that are safe and light and pain-free. You know, we, we live in, in, a, in a, and it's understandable how difficult it is to be here sometimes, to be human, but we often, uh, we run from one to the other. We bounce back and forth. You know, I feel pain. I want to run from it. Who wants that? Nobody wants to feel that. I'm afraid. Let get me out of here. And But after that initial response, which is understandable, because... 
And then we're just a pinball in a pinball machine because you can't run from it. That old saying, the only way out is through. You know, you can't run from it. The only thing we can do is enlarge our sense of things because when I'm in a moment of fear or pain or anxiety or seeming darkness, um, the way those things say hello to us is that they say hello by being all-encompassing. You know, if, I, if I'm walking on a hike and I stub my toe without um, really hard, like where you think you might have broken your toe, well, in that initial moment, that pain says hello by taking over your entire being. It could be a beautiful day. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, but... That's not how it has to stay. In fact, you know, the rhythms, the ebb and flow of fear, pain, and all the dark things and the difficult things allowed, they will subside in time and right size. So the, 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 the center from which we know this depth of being, even momentarily, you know, this water image of being in the depth um, that allows us to right-size these things. So taking the stubbing the toe on the mountain, well, after a while, I stop, and finally it subsides, and now it's throbbing. And I notice, oh, you know, the sun, the beautiful day didn't go away. The miracle of life didn't vanish. But for a moment, it was eclipsed, if we will, by introduction of pain, or fear, or doubt, or worry or a sense of worthlessness. But, you know, just as the eclipse moves, as the moon will move out and the sun will come back or clouds come in between, you know, uh, the fact that there are clouds or the fact that there are even, that people are blind, the sun doesn't stop shining. Nor does the heart stop emanating, you know. So so one of the ways that we return, and I think that so much has to do with everyone developing their own Practice of return. The spiritual practice is one of return because being human, we fall down and get up. We uh, are sensitive and we're numb and we inadvertently hurt each other and then we help each other. Um, Mark, I'm going to have you go through that. I'm going to have you dive more into that when we come back from this commercial break. Sure. The universe holds us and tosses us about only to hold us again. With things that join the sea and the sky, Mark Nepo brings us a rich and compelling resource of short prose reflections to turn to when we're struggling to keep our heads above water and to help us surface and breathe into all of our sorrows and joys. You can find out more about Mark, all of his work, and his other books at marknepo.com. We'll be right back after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich multi-sensory experience. 
Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doings. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. Are you an artist, healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach? A wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker? Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I am Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support, more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent. A part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great, have more energy, sleep better, gently detox, lose unhealthy weight, and build strength. It's time for more freedom and financial flow. The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today. VisionOfOneness.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. I definitely want to invite you to partake in the current issue of 1111 Magazine, which is themed Lead by Example. There are some powerful articles and features by those such as Doug Knoll, who has 
someone that is a sacred activist in the prisons and teaching individuals about how to communicate to de-escalate in 90 seconds or less. Acharya Rai teaching about how we care for our bodies in Ayurveda health. And Lisa Barnett speaking about Akashic knowing and how all of this is part of a divine plan. So definitely partake in that. And also I have now launched 1111 magazine on audio. So if you are too busy to sit and read and contemplate, you can now grow on the go with 1111 on audio. Mark Nepo says that journaling is a form of inquiry that leads to others, meditating, storytelling, being in conversation with others, and creating rituals. Let what surfaces in your journal lead you to embody its lessons in the weave of your life. He will be at several events coming this fall, some of those of which the Sophia Institute, September 15th through 17th in Charleston, South Carolina. There will be a Friday night reading from things that join the sea and the sky as well as a weekend retreat and heart work about being a spirit in the world. October 4th and 5th, Bread for the Journey, a celebration of poetry and human spirit at Kirkridge Retreat Center in Bangor, Pennsylvania. And also October 13th to 14th at the Mile High Church in Denver, Colorado. You can find out about more events at marknepo.com. One of the beautiful passages that I loved in his new book, Things That Join the Sea and the Sky, Field Notes on Living, was called Stopping the Noise. Often we're cast about by the noise of the world and the noise in our heads. Often we're mesmerized by the stunning cacophony that masks itself as excitement. And though there's much to be gained for being in the world, we can't make sense of it till we stop the noise, till we go below the noise, till we go below the habit of our own thoughts. But it's impossible to be still and quiet all the time, as a whale or dolphin must break the surface only to dive back down, only to break the surface again. Each of us must break surface into the noise of the world, only to rest our way back into the depth of stillness, where we can know ourselves and life more deeply, until we have to break surface again. No one is ever done with the crossover between noise and stillness, not even those committed to a contemplative life not even those who are blind or mute. For the noise of the mind never dies. It can only be put in perspective, quieted, until we can hear the more ancient voices that give us life. At every turn, we need to stop the noise, our own and everyone else's, not to retreat from the world, but to live more fully in it. That's such a powerful passage, Mark, and what I gained from it came so much from my own experience of life that when we do stop, when those moments arise that do cause us to still and have to dive into ourselves to understand, to regain, to renourish, to to die in order to live again, it's when we come back up, there is a more sense of aliveness that we can have if we so choose. And in a sense, this eclipse is showing us the same thing. It's going to take us from life to this place of the void where there's nothing, where there's quiet, where there's a complete stillness, but yet we're going to come back to life in the aliveness. Talk a little bit about your life experience in how some of the the chaos or tragedies of life that show up take us to that very place of quiet so that we can be renourished and come back to life. Well, yeah, thank you, and thank you for leading that so well. Um, You know, I I feel... Uh, and, and let me back into this from very recent experience. Let me back into a, a longer uh, sense of it. You know, I, I just, uh, my, my, one of my dear friends 
whose name is George, and his mom, uh, his mother just passed away uh, this last week at 99. And, you know, I was very, I'm very close to George, and uh, so I was part of the community or circle that was uh, accompanying her and through hospice. And, and, you know, and I know this from my own experience of uh, in the last four or five, six years, losing both my parents and my wife Susan's mom and a dear, our dear beloved uh, dog, Mira, who um, lived to be 13 and a half. And one of the things I've, I've learned about this journey, you know, and, and often again, you know, we in our, our want not to face you know, the difficulties of life and loss and, and grief, we want to run from it. You know, uh, we want to, we all want to, uh, if we're sad, you know, people say, cheer up. Well, not, when has that ever helped if someone ever said cheer up to you? Um, <laughs> but, what, but what I started to really see more clearly through all these losses is, you know, um, when we lose someone or someone is leaving this life, our love makes us journey with them and we straddle. We're in between. Uh, you know, I felt it again watching George's mom, Laura, pass, you know, that um, we're in between. Our love makes us have one foot in life and one foot goes with them. And we're drawn into this, this stillness that's mysteriously beyond life and death. And then, and then when they're gone, we're, we're, we're pushed back into the light. We're pushed back into life. And everything, as you said, becomes more and more precious. We see again with new eyes because of what we've loved and lost. And so, you know, from the beginning of time, people have wanted to say, well, you know what? All that stuff is too hard. I'd rather not. Thank you. I don't want the loss. I don't want the pain. I don't want the grief. Um, I don't want to think about that someday I'll die. Well, the more that, that's not our choice. That's an understandable reaction, but that's not a real choice because life in its wholeness is paradoxically full and resilient and the most inexhaustible resource there is. So, you know, the, and, and we have no choice. The choice is how do we help each other through these things so that we keep cycling in a spiral way where we move from absence to presence and we're renewed, and everything is more precious each time. So, you know, you take, you take like, water, which, as we know, is made of hydrogen and oxygen, and life is like that. The water of life holds, you can replace the hydrogen and oxygen with light and dark. And so I can't say to you, I'd like, uh, if you give me a glass of water, I can't say, oh, I'd only like the hydrogen, please. Because even if you could separate it, it would no longer be water and it would no longer be life-sustaining. Mm. And so, yeah, so somehow we are, and I believe that whatever you think has created life, whatever mysterious order there is, um, you know, whatever name you give to it, I think life has been made just difficult enough that we need each other to ensure the journey of love. And so, you know, yeah, we need to hold each other up because I need to drink the water of life. 
because the power and resilience and the eternity that's held in all of it is what is life-giving. Once we start to break it down and parse it out, it loses its potency. It loses its resilience. You know, so I'll give you uh, an, you know, an example from that whenever we have our heart opens enough to tend another, we are brought into the unnameable depth below good or bad difficult or easy, safe or unsafe. And that love, the reward for being that close to the nerve of life is that we are thrown back into life more fully. You know, years ago, uh, when I was going through my cancer journey, I had a dear dear friend I met in the cancer rooms. Uh, Her name was Noor, N-U-R. And when Noor died... And I loved her dearly. It was a beautiful day. And I didn't want it to be beautiful. And as I realized she was gone and really felt that, um, the light was merciless. It was as if the light was spilling in to, to all of my grief, and all of my loss, spilling into all of my dark places, and it was saying, no, yeah, feel, you have to feel this. And I will not stop shining. And you will have to move on and in- integrate this. Mm. Mark, I know that when you do some of your events, you, you are reading so many of your pieces and your heart and soul comes out. And you've got numerous events coming up this fall in Charleston, September, at Sophia Institute, and then you're going to be in uh, Colorado, you're going to be in New York, so different places. Uh, as we're closing out this segment, can you choose a piece in the book that you really love that allows us to not only feel your heart and soul, but to hear your voice that we may intimately touch the place that you were in when you wrote it? Yeah, sure. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So, um, well, yeah, this is a piece called Becoming a Small Gesture. It's toward the end of the book, and, and it centers on, and let me just say in case any of our listeners, that on, a, on the Hindu sense of Ganesh, and Ganesh is the provider and remover of obstacles, which tells us that obstacles in the Hindu tradition are seen as teachers. And, and Ganesh is often seen as an elephant, uh, with four hands. And so, you know, there's all kinds of Ganeshas all over. So this is called Becoming a Small Gesture. Maybe all my sufferings have been carving me into a statue of Ganesh that someone will find in the next life in a small store in New York when they rush in to get out of the rain. Maybe all I've been through will draw them to pick me up and touch my long trunk or one of my forgiving hands. And though they can't afford to take me home, they might circle the store three more times before putting me on their credit card because something in the way life has carved my eyes shut speaks to the unawakened song they carry that they so desperately want to sing. Maybe they'll take me home and place me on their bedstand where I can bless them 
as they dream of being who they are. This is from Mark's new book, Things That Join the Sea and the Sky, Field Notes on Living. For those inspired, this collection also includes a guide to the practice of daily writing with 100 compelling journal questions to get you started. Mark Nepo is a poet, philosopher, and best-selling author of The Book of Awakening. He has published 19 books, including Inside the Miracle, The Way Under the Way, and now his newest release, by Sounds True, Things That Join the Sea and the Sky. Definitely connect with him at markmepo.com. And if you'd like to see him in person, he has a number of events listed on that website, including the Sophia Institute, September 15th through 17th in Charleston, South Carolina, October 4th and 5th at Kirkridge Retreat Center in Bangor, PA, and October 13th and 14th at the Mile High Church in Denver, Colorado. We'll be right back with Mark Nepo. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com, 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doing. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. Are you an artist? healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach, a wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker. Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I am Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support, more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. 
Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent, a part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great. Have more energy. Sleep better. Gently detox. Lose unhealthy weight and build strength. It's time for more freedom and financial flow. The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today. Visionofoneness.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. The universe holds us and tosses us about, only to hold us again. With things that join the sea and the sky, Mark Nepo brings a rich and compelling resource of short prose reflections to turn to when you're struggling to keep your heads above water and to help you surface and breathe into all of your sorrows and joys. You can explore 145 offerings from the acclaimed poet and teacher gathered into 17 themes and intended to be entered individually or as an unfolding sequence. Hear Mark's own personal accounts of sinking and being lifted as they serve as the seeds for each selection, each unfolding insight relevant to your own life as well. For those inspired, this collection also includes a guide to the practice of daily writing with 100 compelling journal questions to get you started. You can find out more at martinepo.com, along with several of the events that he has coming up, including September 15 to 17 at the Sophia Institute, October 4th and 5th at Kirkridge Retreat Center in Bangor, Pennsylvania, as well as the Mile High Church in Denver, Colorado, October 13th and 14th. I'm going to dive into another one of my favorite pieces simply because it is some of the wisdom that I learned in my own life as well. It is the instructions to my smaller self. When hurt, it's important to scream. Just don't pray to the scream. When sad, it's important to grieve. Just don't build a kingdom of your loss. When falling through whatever you thought would last, admit, I'm lost and confused. Just don't map the world as lost and confused. And when riding the wave, however it appears, feel the strength in you released. Just don't believe the strength comes from you alone. But most of all, when listening to others say, this may be so, then look for yourself at what life is painting with all of its colors. Beautiful piece. You know, Mark, I think most of all what life is trying to show us is how to crack open, to how to touch the very soft center that is inside, the sweetest place, the most loving place, the place that really allows us to see each other in a way that we could not, because we're all living the same things. The the details might be different, but pain is pain. Joy will be joy. In the end, it is all the same journey. And it is about seeing, hearing, and acknowledging one another. How have you found that to be true as you've traversed through your own life experiences of love? Oh, I, 
death and yeah, I agree with you com- completely, completely. I feel, I feel that great love and great suffering are are the forms of are the human forms of erosion and growth, <clears throat> and they they crack us open. The same, the same, and nobody, you know, when you're the, when you're in the midst of cracking, no one says, "Oh, this is great, sign me up." But in the same way that when light, water, and light full, you know, work it's ma- their magic on a seed, then the seed cracks and it grows, whether it's a tree or a flower or a fruit, whatever it might be. And so we are cracked open. That's part of the journey of life. And then, and I think this is, this is crucial, and what, I love that you picked that um, instructions to my smaller self, because then it's our full humanity that comes out of the seed. And it's our full humanity that allows us. The, the, it's our full humanity that is, that is the orchestra of our heart, if you will, that then is out in the open to play the music of life. And a lot of times, you know, especially in our, our modern culture that is overheady, that's out of balance, um, and that is afraid of feeling, um, you know, I think part of our job is to rebalance that and all constantly reaffirm uh, the value and the depth of of our all of our human emotions, and it and it does require humility. You know, that is the fact. I think this is one of the things I've been I've been learning too in the last ten years or so, or at least I think I've learned it a lot longer. But I've been learning how to articulate it, and that is. You know, there are so many skills and, and, and things that we need in life to navigate life. But they don't, uh, just because we feel them or go through them, doesn't mean they're codes to live by. So an example is, um, you know, being pragmatic or being or problem solving. Those, those are good skills in proportion for the mind to navigate the surface of reality, which everyone has to do. But they are not philosophies to live by. (laughs) They are not codes to live by. So, yes, in the, let's go to the heart. You know, I need to, uh, we all need to navigate in the the web of human relationships. Uh, We may be friends. Uh, I might discover you're a trustworthy friend, or I might discover that uh, you're not trustworthy, or that when I bring sensitive things to you, um, you know, uh, you might not receive them. You might be indifferent or hurtful. And then I have to decide, uh, how do I navigate that? How do I protect myself? But often what we do is we elevate, when we're hurt, we elevate that shutting down to a code to live by when it's just a skill to use. So earlier I mentioned about how the, the, like the sun never stops shining. Let's lean into that a little more. So the sun never stops shining, and it, what does the sun do? It emanates light and warmth in all directions without preference. That's what it is to be the sun. Mm. And the, the, the inner sun is the heart. So... So now let's merge the two things we're talking about. So, so you know, if I'm in a situation and someone, you know, like really hypothetical here is a, is a hurtful person or a hurtful friend, well, 
my inner heart, like the sun, my commitment is to never stop shining light and warm, emanating that and love in all directions without preference. I may need to close the blinds or shut the window, but often what we do, and I've done this in route to learning this, is when I think I'm protecting myself, I'm shutting down the inner sun. I'm making what fear or hurt has come along and making that, uh, elevating it to a code to live by rather than a skill to use in a certain situation. It doesn't change my commitment to never stop emanating love and warmth in all directions. That takes me to one of my favorite pieces in your book, Things That Join the Sea and the Sky, and it's called Beyond Myself. You ask why such things happen, why hearts break, and why we hurt each other. I don't know. And anyone who says they know is pretending in order to avoid the tidal wave of mystery that surrounds us. We are cast about as soon as we wake every day. And this unpredictable surge, this sweep, as soon as we enter the street, is something we crave and fear. I only know that this surge is sometimes disguised as surprise, and sometimes it covers us with a veil we call sadness. Now leaves are falling and someone is playing Brahms in the park, and the surge is rising in my throat to meet the music mixing with the leaves. I only know that this surge keeps reaching through me, as it has since the beginning, and that asking why never brings us closer. Now I'm coated with a thousand acts of care that begin in difficulties that took place before I was born. Such nameless care comes through when we don't rush to close. How I unfurl when my heart aches beyond myself, as in this moment, wondering if all that we feel is music, just waiting for hands to play it. Isn't it about the compassion that we are to birth and to discover, and it begins by going out and coming back in and going back out again. And that sounds like what you were describing with the sons. Yes, and thank you. Thank you so much for, for uh, knowing the, the book well enough to choose that. I couldn't have chosen a better one myself with that. I think, I think that's, that is exactly it. You know, it's understandable that as human beings, we will, and this is another water image, is you, uh, it's understandable that we will pull back, but our job then is to lean in. So take the surf. Every shore, whether gentle or rough, every shore on earth, a wave gathers, and it comes in, and it spreads up on the shore, thins itself, and then rot. Then there's an undertow, and the undertow pulls back in. And if we follow the undertow enough, what happens, paradoxically? The undertow actually starts to gather and contribute to mounting the next wave. So the things that are difficult, the things that are challenging, the the, the hurts, the fears, the pains, the loss, the the frustration, the confusion, uh, all of the things we've been talking about, all of those things are the undertow. But even those things, if we can be still enough and keep our heart open, will contribute to the next wave. And our job is to return and lean in, to always lean in and hold. You know, earlier you asked how do we how do we enter that sea of joy, that depth of being. And I think these are no surprises, but they, they, they sound simple, but they're difficult to 
practice is we, we are charged or called to, no matter what happens to us, to feel it all and then to lean back in, to hold nothing back, to bring all of who we are back into the next wave uh, that, that turns the sea in the sky, the next wave that brings us back into life. And so each time we're called, you know, things will, will pull us out of being fully present. And so it's, it's not to blame us, ourselves, or judge ourselves, it's to course correct, you know. My father, who's now gone, I mentioned, but he was, he'd love to see it. I spent a lot of time in my youth on a sailboat that he built. And when I was a little boy, the one thing he trusted me with, I guess he could sense my, uh, my attention, my ability to give attention or focus. So when we'd be out there and if there was a fog would come up, he would put me <coughs> at the helm uh, and ask me to follow the compass. And I learned even as a boy, even when you're on course, if you've ever followed a compass at sea, it never is directly still. It's always jittering to the left or the right, and you constantly have to subtly uh, bring it back. Oh, it's to the left. I've got to bring it back. Oh, it's to the right. I think this is, a, as later in life, I've realized this is a great metaphor. This is, we're never, uh, even when we think we're on course, <clears throat> life is a constant, uh, a constant journey of course correcting. Oh, Mark, thank you so much for being on 1111 Talk Radio. And unfortunately, they're cueing me that we have to close. So if you are looking for okay. a compass, get the book, Things That Join the Sea in the Sky. It is definitely a compass and a set of field notes on living. You can find out more about Mark Nepo at marknepo.com. Check him out in Charleston, South Carolina at Sophia Institute, September 15th to 17th at Kirkage. Uh, Retreat Center in Pennsylvania, October 4th and 5th, at Mile High Church in Denver, Colorado, October 13th and 14th, or many of the other events he has this fall. My guest next week is Susie Lula, and we are going to be talking about the evolution of motherhood. Until then, in love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. Enjoy this eclipse day as you dive into your dark and discover your light. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. 
My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Life is complicated, and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. 